everybody. Welcome once again to the Ralph Shaheen Show presented by Lucas Oil. Lucas Oil, track proven, race ready. You can find a Lucas Oil retailer at lucasoil.com. Our guest this week on this episode is a name that maybe you've heard of, maybe you haven't, but he is certainly, without a doubt, one of the most important people to ever have worked at a major race. His name is Dr. Terry Trammell. Dr. Trammell has been a medical assistant since 1973. He has served as an orthopedic consultant to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, was the director of medical services for the CART organization. Dr. Trammell is also a founding member of the International Council of Motorsport Science and of the FIA's Institute for Motorsport Safety. He has fixed and saved lives at some of the most important races around the world. Dr. Trammell, great to have you on. Thanks. It's good to be here. When did motorsport safety, in your opinion, become important? Because as you look back at the history of our sport, for many, many years, it just wasn't thought about. I really would credit um, John Melvin and the General Motors Motorsports Institute uh, for bringing it into the world of science. Uh, in 1992, I believe, when they had a really, really cold year at the Speedway and multiple people got hurt, including two named Andretti, um, the couple of days after the race, John Melvin got in touch with me. Uh, I had taken care of one of the – I took care of Tommy Kendall, who was driving the Intrepid uh, for the General Motors, General Motors Motorsports Group. And um, – they came and they said, you know, maybe we can help you really look at this analytically and see what we can do to change uh, things to make it safer. And at that point in time, we were talking about predominantly foot and ankle things. Um, probably 10 years before that, uh, Dr. Olvey and I had started keeping uh, records and doing driver surveys and so on and so forth just to try and understand what was really happening uh, to drivers in a race car. And wasn't a very pretty picture that either broke their feet or died. And um, we were kind of at a loss where to go with the information that we had. Um, and John Melvin came along and said, you know, this is all just science and engineering. Uh, let's see if we can help. And after a period of time, we really started honing in on things that could be changed. And of course, we're able to improve the occurrence of foot and ankle injuries um, within a few, couple of years of starting that. Actually, by about two years after that, would be 94, I guess, we have gotten a longer, um, they rearranged the front of the car so that the first thing that hit the wall weren't your feet. Um, and that was the beginning, really, of applying science to um, motorsports and using biomedical engineering uh, to start looking at how a driver is injured and what we can do to prevent that injury. So a lot of this is about the relationship and partnership that you formed over the years with uh, Dr. Stephen Olvey, who you mentioned there, right. uh, who actually started the Speedway before you. And, and that relationship and partnership led to now the movie Rapid Response that is right. coming out that, that tells this amazing story. How did you and, and Dr. Olvey get to know each other and become partners in the racing side of medicine? 
Well, as the, the junior most partner in a, a group here in Indianapolis, now called Ortho Indy, um, I had the privilege of being able to take lots of trauma call at, at Methodist Hospital in Indianapolis. So I was constantly there um, fixing whoever got broken came through the door. And it was a time when, when traumatology and trauma surgeons were evolving uh, into a subspecialty of their own rather than a uh, detention detail. And because a lot of my patients ended up in the intensive care unit, and Dr. Alvey was the director of the intensive care unit at Methodist, one of the first intensivists, we saw each other frequently. And uh, he saw a lot of crazy things that we did that uh, were not the norm at the time. And one of those was uh, I took care of Danny and Gaius, um, not because I was doing anything at the Speedway, but because I was the low man on the totem pole and happened to have to be on call at Methodist the day of the race. And uh, all the more senior members were otherwise occupied. I, I did get one of them to uh, come in and help uh, one, one of my more senior partners. But anyway, we, we were able to save Danny's leg and, uh, uh, a couple of guys got involved with a vascular surgeons, and when it worked out well that way, uh, they decided maybe that's what I should do instead of some of the other things I was doing at the Speedway. Um, and from that point forward, pretty much anybody that got hurt at the, the Speedway, any kind of orthopedic injury, I took care of um, up through about 1996. You know, that story with Danny and Gaius uh, is much bigger than you actually made it sound there. Uh, you're a little <laughs> humble on that one because that was not supposed to work out for Danny, was it? No, the, the conventional wisdom at the time was that the leg was not salvageable given the kind of injuries that he have, had. And uh, I give a lot of credit to the vascular surgeon, a guy named Gil Herod, who had done, I think at that point, three tours of uh, duty as a physician and uh, surgeon in vietnam and he walked in and took one look at it and said oh we can fix this i was like okay if you can if you can get blood to the foot i can put it back on so um we did and uh, it went very well how how much of this story and the success that you and dr olvey have had in in crafting the new wave of safety here um how much of that also is important because of Indianapolis Motor Speedway and what the folks at the Speedway were willing to allow you to do and to listen to what you had to say. Very much. I mean, the, the Speedway has always been at the forefront of, of safety. I mean, if you go back in time, you know, the first place that you had to have a fire suit, helmet, seat belts, um, fuel cells after the 64 catastrophe that with the fire, um, so they've always been on the cutting edge of motorsports safety. It was not as focused as it became over time um, because we made it be that way. We started really looking at statistics and numbers and so on and so forth. And um, we, that, that has continued. I'm, I literally am sitting at my desk. I write a report after each race. Uh, each any car race that deals with what things happened in that event, practice and race, that potentially put the drivers at risk if there were no injuries. And if there were an injury, why did it happen? It, very specifically, what caused it? 
and what do we need to do to make it not happen again? And the the league, starting with Tony George, when um, when I came to work for for IRL, um, has been very very supportive of this kind of work, and has gotten behind it a hundred percent. So that pretty much anything I put in these reports that says, "Hey, this this is a trend," three times is a trend. Uh, we need to to do something about it um and it happens i mean if there's if it's possible now some things you you can't fix today um but most of the time the response is very positive and uh rapid if i was to walk into your office right now would i look around and think oh this guy's one of the world's best orthopedic surgeons or he's a big time race fan well, in, in my I don't have an office anymore because I'm retired from clinical practice. Um, where I'm sitting in my office, you wouldn't know what to think. <laughs> it's, got, it's mostly stacks of books and papers and four or five screens because when I'm not at a racetrack, I, I monitor the event remotely. So I have all the camera feeds and the digital feed. And I can pick a card and see what it's doing and so on and so forth. And then I'm connected to the people in the engineering safety trailer so that if uh, something happens and I get the output from that, or if I have a question or have something specific that I want them to go look at photograph or video and send it to me, I can see all that. Well, I um, think I need to come watch time. a race with you in your office there. That sounds like the place to see it all from. It, it works actually better. It's more comfortable than our new trailer. And I have more TV screens. <laughs> But then uh, I don't have to go to the track, but I can't go kick the tires or grab the driver. So. Right, uh, right. Well, folks, stay with us right here on the Ralph Shaheen Show presented by Lucas Oil. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this upcoming movie, Rapid Response. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system, pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. We will be celebrating Speedsport's 85th anniversary this year. Incredible how time flies by. To help commemorate the occasion, we've unveiled the Vault Collection of merchandise. A really cool variety of t-shirts, hats, posters, and a lot more. It's all available right now in the store at Speedsport.com. Shop for yourself or get a gift or two for your racing buddies. The Vault Collection of merchandise. Available now in the store at Speedsport.com. Welcome back to the Ralph Shaheen Show, presented by Lucas Oil. You know, Lucas Oil is track-proven, race-ready. You can find a Lucas Oil retailer at lucasoil.com. Dr. Terry Trammell is our guest. Dr. Trammell, along with Dr. Stephen Olvey, are the two men who are really responsible for all the major advances in safety that we've seen, certainly in IndyCar racing. Uh, many drivers not only owe the fact that they can walk again, but the fact that they've saved their lives over the years, certainly in IndyCar racing, but we've also seen it in IMSA and, and other events where drivers have had major, major incidents. Uh, 
You know, Dr. Travel, it's funny. Uh, you guys have gotten so well-known that I know people in racing who just had bad accidents playing tennis or shooting hoops with their buddies. They're like, I got to get to Dr. Trammell right away. Yeah, we just <laughs> had one of those over the weekend and family here today. You ask about what my office looked like. The, the place to see in the day they used to keep drivers here after they got hurt and operate on because they didn't have any place to go. So a lot of folks that you would recognize have stayed here. And we have what probably Tony Kanon describes it best. He calls it the dungeon. Uh, It's the mother-in-law suite that's in the lowermost floor. And it has a a long wall in it that we euphemistically call the wall of pain. You can only get your picture up there if you've resided here um, and we're in pain. And the wall is covered. So huh. we didn't have to build another house or quit having injured drivers. So that's great. Um, that's great. I like the injured, getting rid of the injured drivers. So. Right, right. You know, as as we, uh, I went to the premiere of Rapid Response, the movie mm-hmm. that, that you and Dr. Olvey are, are premiering. And I, I guess it comes out in September in theaters all across the country. Is that correct? Right. My yeah. understanding is it'll be September the 6th. September the 6th. And if you're a race fan, I strongly encourage you to see it. It is uh, full of clips of racing action that I've never seen before. And I thought I've seen a lot of it. Um, but there's some amazing footage in there and incredible stories uh, like A.J. Foyt at Michigan, which we're, we're going to touch base on that in a, mm-hmm. in a minute here. Because to me, that was, and you guys even talk about it in the movie, that was a major moment where things changed. Prior to that, as you look back, and Mario Andretti, for example, talks about it in the film, that they just didn't expect a lot of their friends to make it through a racing weekend back in the early days of motorsports in the 50s and 60s, even into the 70s. Um was there a point in time where you feel like the drivers themselves just kind of had enough or were they just too busy racing that they never really gave it a thought? I, I think it's been an evolution. Yes. Now they're at the point where they're very, very conscious about um, safety and very supportive of anything that we say we need to do to try and make life better for them. And anybody that has it off and uh, has even a minor injury knows that they're going to get a call from me um, because I want to know if I didn't see it with my own eyes, exactly what happened Uh, in this day and age of the cell phone. I get uh, lots of selfies and uh, texts. Drivers don't talk. They just text. Um, But on the other side of the coin, when I really started doing this um, at the speedway and then I started traveling I think in 84, it was after Mears got hurt, uh, mm-hmm. started going to all the card events. The uh, drivers would see me coming down through the pits. They'd turn and go the opposite direction or walk you know, tangential so they didn't have to cross paths with me because they thought if they were seen talking to me, and of course I'd stop and talk to them, um, that it showed that there was something wrong with them. Otherwise, they wouldn't be talking to the doctor. Right. And, and now that's transitioned to oftentimes there'll be a um, – point in time where there are half a dozen of them that say, look, you know, we need to talk to you about something. And we've found out a a number of issues that we've been able to solve because they were just seemingly minor. But when you stack them all together, uh, it it turns out to be a big deal. And um, they've been very helpful 
and helping us identify problems and solve them. You know, uh, I mentioned the moment with A.J. Foyt in Michigan, which is talked about heavily in the movie, and I don't want to give away all of it because I don't want the fans to uh, enjoy it when they see it. It's a very interesting part of the the film. Um, But A.J. had some injuries that had to be attended to right away, and there was no helicopter. And this is middle (laughs) 1980s, and I think that's what I was stunned by the most, that I forgot how recently it was that we didn't even have helicopters at the races. And from that point forward, helicopters are mandatory or nobody went racing with IndyCar. Um, And that leads me to the question that, you know, racing has always been reactionary, not proactive to things. How tough has it been for you and Dr. Olvey to get racing to become proactive? Well, it's been an evolution um, you know, this is something that's happened by evolution, not revolution. The uh, need for the helicopter, for example, it, it's taken instances of which you know, we needed it and had to use something other than a medevac helicopter because uh, there wasn't one. And then that evolved into having you know, really state-of-the-art aircraft present at um, all of our events and the willingness of the, we really are well supported by the, you know, the race administration for lack of a better term that's always stood behind us and said, Hey, you know, if you guys say we don't race without it, we don't race without it. And that really started with, with Wally Dallenbach and a conversation that he and I had um, when I was just really a puppy and, I suggested that maybe it was a bad idea to leave a driver sitting behind the wall after he crashed his car and we'll pick him up later that we probably ought to pick him up now and uh, take him to the care center. And, you know, you know, the, the history of cart and the, the mobile medical centers that went from a yeah. um, ambulance to a pop-out semi that was a hospital on wheels. Yeah. And, so we had tremendous support from the chief steward and the race organizers and so on and so forth. Um, nobody ever challenged us. If we said, you can't drive, you can't drive. Um, if, if we said we needed something to make it safer that was missing, they got it. So that's been the, the evolution. And you know, it's only really in the last 10 years probably that the organization itself has taken this on as a project. They're constantly trying to make the cars safer and always working on the next generation car uh, so that it's got more safety features in it. And what we feed them is what are we, what's happening to the driver that causes medical concern from a, an injury standpoint, whether they get injured or not because you can dodge a bullet so many times until you get hit. Um, And we're at the point now where I think we're very proactive going forward. uh, You know, as, as an orthopedic doctor dealing with trauma situations, if you just worked there at Methodist hospital in Indianapolis, uh, you would be dealing with people. You had no idea who they were. You would just be able to focus on solving the problem that's sitting there in front of you. Um, Dealing with racers, obviously these are people that become your friends and I'm sure you've you've had to deal, answer this question before, but 
how do you separate that friendship? Because you have to make split second, you have to assess the situation and make split second decisions on what's best to do. Right. Well, then they, when that happens, they're an injured person and they're, they're not, they're not a particular driver. There's a, a part of your brain you, you just shut off and it, it's that this person has a problem and I have to do something immediately to solve it. And it doesn't matter whether I know their name or not. Uh, it's not until after something's happened and it's all put to bed that it, uh, the impact occurs, you know, on the surgeon, you wake up and the next morning and went, wow, you know, he almost died and, uh, or did. And, uh, that's when it gets personal. But at the time, it's all about taking care of the the person who's injured and what and attending to their injuries. So you really can separate it. Um, you have to be able to or you couldn't do this stuff. Is the Alex Zanarni situation the most challenging you've ever had to deal with? Yeah, that was the probably the scariest because that really was a race against time. And uh, from the time it got to the scene. That's like, you know, you've, you've got five liters of blood. So I think about a five-gallon blood bucket, which is more than five liters, but um, yeah, 3.8 liters to the gallon. So a little over a gallon and, and a half of blood, and there's a two-inch hole in the bottom of the bucket, and it's pouring out onto the track. Um, so you don't have a lot of time. And that one was probably the most eerie in the sense that this ability to shut off whatever else is going on around and focus on on what has to be done um the thing i remember most about this the being at the scene for zanardi is how quiet it was i don't remember hearing a thing except the people that i was talking to to get help you know get them to to do things that i needed done I don't remember any noise at all, no crowd noise, no, and you hear the trucks running and so on and so forth, and um, was able to focus on what we needed to do and do it. it. It seemed like it was taking an eternity. That was the biggest frustration is it just seemed that things were taking so long to do. But at, at the end of the day, when he actually sat down and watched it, it didn't take but seconds. The Zanarni story is is amazing, and it's a large part of the rapid response movie. Um, so that it, it'll be covered even in greater detail there. Uh, right. so I don't want to give it all away. Um, but out of that, a lot came as we, we talked about racing has always been reactionary and, and you're still working on a day-to-day -day basis to continue to evolve motorsport safety. As you look at the future of motorsport safety, what's coming that we don't know about or what are you trying to work towards to bring even more safety to the sport? Well, we've, we've been, um, IndyCar has been focused on trying to come up with a um, additional frontal protection, a windscreen. And we've worked with PPG Aerospace to accomplish that, come up with the, the shape, the optics, the uh, materials that sort of withstand the a huge impact, a tire and a wheel at 200 miles an hour. And that has evolved 
that that project was moving too slow to satisfy the the league, and so they've partnered with Red Bull to um, try and come up with a hybrid halo um, windscreen that was announced. I think it was in May. Was they made the announcement that they were going to do that? Yeah. So uh, that's a project that we started. That's being carried forward by the the league by IndyCar, and um, I, I think that's going to be significant because we've obviously had several drivers hit by debris and concussed or worse, and uh, then a, a lot of things you never hear about the broken fingers and bruised things and. Um, bits and pieces stuck in head surrounds and so on and so forth that would be prevented um, by a windscreen but retain the open cockpit look of an Indy car. And I think that's going to be the next really significant uh, step forward for Indy car safety. Right, right. Well, that uh, is all talked about in rapid response. Coming to theaters in September... Dr. Terry Trammell, Dr. Stephen Olvey, we, we can't thank the two of you enough for everything that you folks have done uh, to make our sport safer so that we can continue to enjoy it. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, and thank you for the acknowledgement. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Dr. Terry Trammell, don't forget, you can get a subscription to SpeedSport. We're 85 years old this year. Uh, stay with us at SpeedSport.com. That's where you can go to get a subscription. Thanks for having Dr. Terry Trammell here today on the Ralph Shaheen Show, presented by Lucas Oil. Lucas Oil, track proven, race ready. Find a Lucas Oil retailer at lucasoil.com. So long, everybody.